You're listening to a 3CR podcast. It's Radiothon time again at 3CR. This year marks 40 years of radical radio at 3CR, and we're asking you to keep us on air for another 40 years by donating your money to 3CR's Radical Radiothon, June 6 to 19. Call us on 0394198377 or visit us online at 3cr.org.au. Enjoy your podcast. And a very warm welcome back to Solidarity Breakfast. A left response to the major developments in capitalism. What they trade in is not wheat. They trade in famine. A little dose of revolutionary optimism. I think it's really important to sort of express solidarity globally. It really is a deal by corporations for corporations. The union forever defending our rights down with the black leg. If you think the ABC's left wing, don't listen to this program. Solidarity Breakfast, 7.30 to 9am Saturdays, 3CR, 8.55am. Streaming and 3CR Digital, podcast or audio on demand. And of course, the website, solidaritybreakfast.org.au. Solidarity forever! Good morning. 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 Yes, and it's radio time. Oh, no. And, uh, of course, we were just uh, thinking about... uh, uh, dear Bill, this is the second Radiothon without Dear Bill, and uh, oh. yes, that's right. And uh, we've got a treat for you. We're, we've dug up the uh, interview that he did with Billy Bragg for you to remember the dulcet tones. Billy Bragg being one of uh, Bill's uh, heroes, favourite, uh, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, well, that's right. Apparently, when he was, it was at a uh, thing outside. Uh, uh, Southern Cross and uh, it was NUW National Union of uh, Workers was uh, doing an end, uh, you know, put an end to uh, poverty. Yes. And uh, Billy Bragg was in town, and of course, being the man he is, he went down there and played a song. Uh, and uh, uh, Bill, uh, our Bill, Bill Della, went over to him and almost pissed in his pants. He was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the great man himself. So there you go. Um, so we we'll... haven't introduced ourselves. No, no, that's right. Sorry, I'm Annie. <laughs> Lalita here, joining forces today with this team. Yes, and Kim. That's right, we're all together. Yes. And uh, we're asking you to uh, take some money out of your purse. uh, (laughs) uh, Or your credit card. (laughs) Oh, well, whatever, yeah. And uh, donate to keep uh, Solidarity Breakfast on air. We've got to get $4,000. We've got a few already. We've got a few bits and pieces, so uh, thanks to all those people who have actually given us the money to keep us going and to keep Radical Radio 3CR going on its 40th birthday. Another 40 years. Yay. Yay <laughs> for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, we need that. Look at the media at the moment. It's atrocious. Yeah, no, it's pathetic. God. Yeah. I, met, I met this woman. I went to a, a climate forum in Moreland um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was interesting. We were you know, all the, the 10 candidates from, uh, for Wills um, made the contributions and discussions and so on. And we came out and the two women um, came out to talk to and, and they, for some reason, started talking to me and said, we know your voice. I said, you do? You produce on, you do a program on 3CR, don't you? That's why I know your voice. <laughs> and we started chatting and oh, the, the mother, the mother and daughter team, and she said, you know, after listening to, listening to 3CR, I, I just can't listen to any other radio. I was so chuffed. <laughs> yeah, you do get that. And you find that the people who listen to community radio are always good sorts. Yes. Always. Yes. And better informed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, they came to the Climate Forum, so they've got to be better informed. <laughs> It's 
40 years. Let the station spin around. I hope it's around for the next 40 years. CR has been a trailblazer. It's still the leader and the benchmark in terms of actually engaging the community. Keep the trail blazing. Support 3CR in our 40th birthday radiothon. From June 6 to 19. To donate, call 94198377 or go to 3cr.org.au. The role it plays is really, really, really important. And the role it plays in empowering people on a personal level, empowering communities and giving communities the power to actually take a bit of control of their future cannot be underestimated. Well, that's indeed true. And uh, the number again? What's the number? Nine four one nine eight three double seven. And also there's 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. But, of course, you can just go to the webpage and uh, people will, you, you know, just go to the uh, webpage and it will hold your hand and take you to the right place to donate. <laughs> really? <laughs> Funny computer, that. It would be a big banner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, 3CR we uh, and Solidarity Breakfast. Now, Solidarity Breakfast uh, may not have been one of the first programs. That no, it's were, not. No, but there are some that have been going since 1976. Yep, some major ones there. Concrete Gang. Yeah, yay. MUA Show. Yay. Jazz on Saturdays. Yay. Ooh. Alternative News. Yay. Someone else listening. <laughs> <laughs> But obviously, Solidarity Breakfast is a very important program. It's, a, it's a, actually a station program, and uh, we might get up early in the morning and make sure that uh, you, we give you politics with your Wheaties, but uh, plenty of people have done it before us. And uh, so, uh, Bill, being one of them, and uh, I thought that it would be a perfect time for us to remember Bill's lovely voice. Talking to Billy Bragg on Radio 3CR, let me say that you do carry that banner of Woody Guthrie <laughs> extraordinarily well, um, well and it's, it's a great pleasure to have you uh, talking to Community Radio. Good to be here, really good to be here. In your commentary this morning you were talking about the situation at home and you've just come through a period where the Leveson Inquiry has exposed a, a serious number of criminal activities on the part of the press, yeah. liaisons with the police and so on. Do you think there's a bigger crime in there, however, uh, that says that it was the Murdoch Empire that owned every government since Thatcher? Well, there's that problem, and, and shamefully our politicians at home are far too close to Murdoch. And hopefully the, the, the situation we have now with the Leveson Inquiry will, will expose that and stop it happening, hopefully. Hopefully, but regulation may not be the answer? I think the, the key word in the 21st century is accountability, and people want accountability. They want people in power to be held to account, and that includes Rupert Murdoch. And that also, you said during your commentary to the meeting this morning, that uh, the Occupy movement has got some lessons to learn in terms of organising. and. Some... I, think, I think they can show us the way, but I think they'll, they know that ultimately they're going to have to organise. You know, I mean, that's the bottom line. I think they know that. I mean, I don't think... I think they do a great job, and I think the challenge of articulating the compassionate ideals that are at the heart of socialism, they're... They're doing a good job of it, and I have a lot of respect for them. But they, you know, whatever, however you want to change the world, fundamentally you've got to organise. Only the audience can change the world, not the singer-songwriter, not the radio station, not the DJ, but the audience, these people here. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. 
reason why we had to have a program on 3CR was because of the failure uh, of other radio stations, so-called independent radio stations, which were not letting us have our say. It's up to you to keep independent voices on air. Donate now to 3CR's 40th birthday, Radical Radiothon. 3CR was giving us the opportunity to tell our story as it was and I wouldn't be exaggerating if I say 3CR has been the backbone of our struggle in Australia. Donate now to keep radio radical. And that means you. We need some money. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Absolutely. That's right. Ring up. Who has given us some money? Come on. Come on, you lazy slagger. There are people out there who have given us you some money. You sound like a school teacher. <laughs> we'll get on with it. Hey? We've got the um, Electrical Trades Union. Yay for them. Yes, they've given us uh, $245, um, which is very generous. Yeah, but the next one's even more generous. Yes, in memory of uh, Bill Hartley and Bill Della, um, someone has donated 500 Yeah, the double Whoa. bills. Mm. The double bills. And uh, I happen to know, I know, I don't know if they, but uh, it's Kath, uh, Kath, Kath, Mar- uh, Catherine and, and Valerie. They've uh, put, Regulars. Yeah, Absolute fabulous regulars. women. They're great. And Terence uh, Bosley, $40. Yay, for Very you. generous. Good on you, Terence. You haven't got a drum roll on there? Oh, I could find one, I'm sure. <laughs> I can. Um, what about just applause? I think applause for That's the good, people yeah. who are doing really good things like that. <laughs> We've also got uh, Benny Gregerson, who's given us $25. Thank you, Benny. Yeah, fantastic. Um, one of the things about Solidarity Breakfast is that it gives us a chance to not only go over uh, material that's uh, focused on uh, workers' Uh, news and uh, the politics of uh, Labor, but also to talk about uh, issues that are, um, was something that Bill was really into, looking at uh, the broader picture into uh, uh, international movements in uh, the left. And he was also really interested in positivity. He wasn't interested in, you know, focusing purely on things that, uh, weren't working he was really interested in focusing on things that were working and uh, one of the uh, interviews and we're going to give you some snippets to uh, remind you why Solidarity Breakfast is such a great program to listen to on a Saturday morning while you're under your doona or later on when you're riding to work or any of those sorts of things not today I hope hopefully not today (laughs) (laughs) except for us us. yeah that's right and um, uh, Lalitha and uh, Lynn when Lynn Beaton was on uh, board and uh, hello Lynn if you're out there uh, and awake yeah and awake <laughs> uh, you did a great interview uh, at the end of uh, 2015 with Kate Hudson who's the uh, Secretary General of the Left Unity in UK when Jeremy Corbyn came in that's right she's so, also a nuclear disarmament CDC in in London and she was a good mate of Jeremy Corbyn for yeah. many many years she knew him closely yeah. And she and uh, this particular interview uh, was uh, so great that I took a snippet out of it. And what it is is uh, reminding us how things can move forward for the left, especially in the darkest times. 
What's it like to be in Britain, Kate? It really is fantastic. You know, we've seen the decline, political decline of the Labour Party for at least two decades, moving from being social democratic party of the kind of more or less typical European style, although with more trade union input, but going from that with sort of Keynesian policies and so on, to being a party which has embraced neoliberal economic has attempted uh, to triangulate, as they call it, with Tory policy shifting to the right, tacking to the right on every case, trying to um, situate themselves as a party of the centre and abandoning the working class in Britain, um, poorer people, progressive forces, you know, a, a complete shift. And I'm sure you'll be familiar with that type yeah. of progress. It's happened mm. in social democratic parties across Europe and elsewhere. It's very familiar to us. Our Labour yeah. Party has, you know, and is still absolutely on that line. It's a new liberal pathway it's taken. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not aware uh, that a, a challenge to that at such a high level, i.e. at a leadership level, has actually happened and been successful um, anywhere else. And so the, the challenge here in Britain is can we take that change in leadership, very, very clear socialist policies expressed by uh, the party's new leader, and can that be brought into and up by the party as a whole, so it's not just an individual leader with good politics on a party that's kind of Blairite and neoliberal. Can he, uh, as it were, reclaim the Labour Party for socialist politics? And that, that's the challenge. And there are hundreds of thousands of new members, uh, tens of thousands of them young people who've never been involved now coming into the Labour Party. So that's what we're hoping that it would be possible to change the nature of the Labour Party back to the kind of progressive force it used to be and perhaps um, be better even than it used to be. You know, there were problems even in the past with Labour, but you know, perhaps it can become a new political animal. Yes. Uh, Kate, I, w I was watching the speech, um, a video of the speech, and it was obvious that, yeah. that the whole hall was just buzzing with excitement and appreciation that there was a leader who would stand up and say these yeah. things mm. to the party and to the nation. And so I'm, I, I, mm. I couldn't help thinking there must have been an awful lot of Labour Party m members who've been harbouring, you know, a bit of agony and resentment over these years at the direction the party's taken, do you think? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the key change in Labour came in the early 90s, early to mid-1990s, when Blair became leader and the whole New Labour project, as it was called, and the, and the party went through a kind of seismic shift to the right. And there were many people who didn't uh, accept or agree that that was right. It didn't chime with their own politics and their yeah. understanding of solidarity and class and so on, their kind of political priorities. But they were kind of forced to believe by the party leadership or to come in line with this idea that you couldn't win as a left with a left approach in Britain that you had to kind of capture the middle ground and in order to do that you had to sacrifice your left-wing values and you know popular principles so people had that forced on them and, and not everybody agreed with that you know many many people left the Labour Party because you know I mean particularly Blair's um, role in the Iraq war for example
people, but on many issues, social issues, Blair's failure to restore trade union rights, you know, after Mrs. Thatcher um, axed so many of them and so on. So, as you say, the ESSA has been that uh, strong grassroots opinion in the Labour Party, and now people feel that the party can be theirs again. And yesterday, when I was at... um, in the queue for the cloakroom, in fact, to get my coat back <laughs> at the Labour conference. I was, be- I was behind two women, and they were saying to each other, they didn't know each other, they were just saying, I felt I'd lost the party in 1997. It didn't represent me anymore. I stayed in, but, you know, I felt it had abandoned me, and now I feel I've got my party back. You know, and that, that's the sentiment, strong sentiment. Well, it's a fantastic sentiment, and I sort of can appreciate that because I know that in Australia there are lots of people who are still in the Labour Party and who despair, but they somehow have accepted that, you know, this is what we must do for now. And and so that I imagine there would be people in Britain who mm. were the same and suddenly go, okay, that now is mm. over, thank God. Yeah, I think it will give heart to others. I mean, it, this happened in a very specific way, quite by chance, as I'm sure you're aware, the party, the previous uh, party leadership had changed the voting system in order to uh, disenfranchise strong union votes. And they gave the voting instead to individual members. And they also created a new category of supporter. You didn't have to join the party to vote. You could be a supporter for just three pounds. So this was designed uh, to kind of get rid of the union power in essence. But then when Jeremy Corbyn got on the ballot paper, quite by chance, in fact, because you have to have 35 nominations from MPs to get on the ballot paper. And there weren't 35 left-wing MPs who would support Jeremy. Um, But strangely, right-wing MPs or very establishment Labour MPs nominated him to be nice, you know, in order to have, let's have a little bit of a debate. Yes, we'll nominate <laughs> Jeremy and put him on the on the ballot paper. But then this opened up this huge opportunity, and and hundreds of thousands of people joined and became supporters in order to vote for Jeremy because they supported his politics. And um, Margaret Beckett, for example, she was a former Labour foreign minister, a very senior person. She had nominated Jeremy. And she said afterwards, this is the biggest mistake of my political life to nominate Jeremy Corbyn, you know, because <laughs> he only had one, you know, he just had the exact number. Yes. So if any one of those hadn't nominated him, he, this wouldn't, he wouldn't be leader now. Well, there you go. We'll, sort of talks into you. You, you, you. Now you have to tell everybody what it was. We, we, <laughs> that, that discussion, which was hilarious, absolutely hilarious about how Jeremy Corman got in and how the right fell over their own feet. Fantastic. And uh, Lalitha was just talking about, what's that name of that blonde woman who's the <laughs> employment minister? When I, when I can't stand somebody, I can't remember their name. And I said it, Michaela Cash. I was trying to impersonate her. It was, <laughs> yeah, you did well. The flyback. <laughs> you don't have blonde hair. Yeah, you the, the flyback. She's the, it's our not version. clocked enough either. <laughs> and it, yeah, well, anyway, she, she's like our... Um, I, I, I coined the phrase that uh, Bishop, Julie Bishop is our diminutive uh, Margaret Thatcher, but I think she's actually uh, got a challenger in Michaela Cash. <laughs> she does. You know, yesterday she was talking, um, I, I think it was the press club they were talking at, and she was saying, we don't want union rep walking into bosses' offices and making private agreements. I'm thinking, do you have the stats for that? 
Yeah. They just to make up sto- they make up stories on the run. And they're attacking the trade union. And I was, you know, going just mentioned that uh, listening to uh, the, the interview with to Jeremy Kate. Corbyn and listening to this woman, Cash. 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 That's right. <laughs> it's an appropriate name. The, the the fact is that trade unions are being attacked viciously. And this elections is premised on, it's a referendum on the ABCC, which means once it's smashed the unions, we are done. Well, that's um, really, really interesting because uh, there's a list. There's actually a list of the sorts of things that you need to do ensure, to ensure that you have a fascist estate. And one of them on that list is get rid of the unions. That's right. And, and it, it's vicious because in the UN, there's, a, there's a, um, a report on trade unions and how important it is part of um, country. In fact, they Freedom increase productivity. Oh. Unfortunately. Oh. Apparently. <laughs> no, I want to come to that in a minute. But it, the problem, the, the, their finding is that where in countries where trade unions are strong, human rights is very strong. And you can see in Australia the trade unions being whittled away from the 80s, the accord period. And you can see the, the attack on refugees, racism. You can see all the social problems arising. So you can see the balance tipping. And you, you, that, that, that uh, congruency is reflect, it reflects what the UN actually says. You attack the trade unions, you attack the freedom of speech, you attack the freedom of association, human rights goes down. Well, it does remind me of a biblical analogy, which is lamb to slaughter, you know. (laughs) All the stuff with the ABCC as well, they do polling of people. This is a completely made-up issue that they're trying to pull out this, you know, bogeyman that doesn't exist. The public, Mm. mostly when you do polling about it, you know, how do you feel about the ABCC? Um, Mostly it's, I don't know, because people don't know actually what it is. They thought that the ABCC was the ABC. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And actually, I've just recently done an interview with someone from one of the unions and he said, uh, you know, we're supposed to have done this double dissolution uh, election about the ABCC, (laughs) but nobody's actually mentioned it. It's the third week and nobody's actually mentioned it. So what a load of crock. They are just such miserable, well, that's the word, wretched, wretches. They're wretches. Yes. I just have to um, mention uh, Gab Reed has donated $20. Hey, Yay. Yay. And Congrats. Anne in Oak Park has donated $5. Oh, so. cool. Thanks, Anne. <laughs> this is uh, Solidarity Breakfast, 3CR. We've been chinwagging. We want you to donate, 94198377. Don't forget that number, 94198377. Keep Solidarity Breakfast on the airwaves and 3CR on for another 40 years because Yay. this, of course, it's 40th anniversary. And, of course, as Lalith has been saying, I mean, where would you be if you didn't actually have voices like 3CR where all these dedicated broadcasters bring you all this information and fury, I'll have to say. And Michaela Cash impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Where Pretty would you be? You could have seen that one. <laughs> yes. It's not really the medium for it. <laughs> I know. But I want to go back to... Um, what we're talking about earlier on, productivity. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, that workers have to produce whatever they're producing. I don't know how you produce anything when you're a nurse and a patient, like uh, you're looking at a patient. How do you produce more patients? I always, I'm a nurse. How do I produce more? You know? No, no, no. What they're, what they're after is uh, fewer pay packets to achieve the same aim. I know, I know. Yeah. But what, what I, I want to bring to a listener's attention is the fact that um, Malcolm Turnbull gave, gave himself a 10% wage rise 
very soon after he came into office. He didn't go to go to the Fair Work Commission. He didn't prove that he's producing 10% more, whatever he's supposed to be producing. How does that work? And yeah, then he attacks the we- unions. Oh, it's Has he lost 10% in the polls? Is that the... <laughs> Could be. Could be. That was what Could he was be. working Sounds on. Sounds good to me. <laughs> that must be it. It's just... You know, it, it's... It's a scandal. It, it's nauseating when you see rich people wanting more money. This guy's a banker. He's a millionaire and he wants another 10% from taxpayer money. I mean, how do you rate that? Yeah. You're completely correct. If you want to ensure that we have conversations like this on the Australian Airwaves, then make sure that you donate to 3CR Solidarity Breakfast, 94198377. There are other ways that you can pay, but uh, we'll remind you. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au. Or call us with your credit card details on 94198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. Well, of course, we want you to donate to our program, Solidarity Breakfast, right at the moment. How selfish. How selfish. But, of course, it all, uh, well, like, like the government, it goes into general revenue. <laughs> um, but anyway, give us a call on 94198377 so Lalitha, Annie and Kim don't feel lonely. Ring us up, ring us up. We'd love to hear your voice. Uh, 3cr.org.au forward slash donate if you're shy. Uh, in fact, if you want to ring up and have a chat to us, we'd love to hear you on this cold, wintry morning. It generally is winter now in, in Melbourne. Oh, that's yes. so cold. It would make me feel better to know that there are other people awake. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> you don't feel so lonely. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's dark. Years ago, I used to have this job cleaning a kindergarten and I used to do it uh, quite early in the morning. And, uh, and I was really quite young and I'd, and I'd go there and it was... Uh, Dark, and then when before uh, daylight saving came, there was just this little bit of light, yeah. and I used to think, "Oh, I'm in the land of the living." And then the uh, it shut on me again because daylight saving came and it became dark. I used to do caravan park toilets, and that was amazing because suddenly, when it became light, you were looking at the sun rising over the sea, and it was all beautiful for, for about five seconds, and then you were back to cleaning toilets in a caravan park. <laughs> oh, terrible! <laughs> I know, it's really funny, though. It's amazing how the sun... So, so, you know, you be our sun. Give us a call on 94198377 so that we know that there are other people out there who are feeling the chill and the and the darkness because uh, 3CR is on 24 hours a day. We bring you not only musical pleasure from the other side but also lots and lots <laughs> of uh, uh, information and ideas that... Actually, you generally have burning in your own minds but haven't got an outlet. A 3CR gives that outlet, voices, uh, it gives a place for the voiceless and uh, also gives informed comment where informed comment is absolutely missing from action in the mainstream. If, uh, if an issue has already moved on, the event has gone, 
people forget that it's happening. I mean, it was like in the pro just before on Stick Together, I went back to talk to the people from the AMWU about the shipbuilding in South Australia. Now Turnbull just turned up in South Australia and said, "Oh no, it's okay. We're going. To, uh, your industry isn't going to be completely decimated." Uh, because we're going to be putting in an order, which they know they have to do in 2018. I don't know, folks, but it's actually 2016 right at the moment. So I don't know if all those shipbuilding people and their families are breatharians or mm. if they go into, uh, cry, you know, they're cryogenic people and they go into a little cube and wait until they can come out and then work again and feed themselves and pay their bills. They're probably a shonky way of supporting them because they want the, the votes. I mean, that's the, that's what this is all about, building a submarine, French contract. I yeah. think it's French contract. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why? You know, I mean, in, in the first place, why are you building a submarine? Who are you going to attack? You well, know, it's, it's, it's a warmongering act as far as I'm concerned. You can use that to house so many homeless people who are sleeping on the streets in Melbourne. In, and, Take and an increased note. rate. You know, and there's... 32,000 people on the housing list and all those other people who are um, sofa surfing or whatever they call it, couch surfing. Couch surfing. You know, we don't have exact numbers of those people. And you're spending $50 million on a submarine. So, so now we just have people. to we have to cost our policies in submarines now, number of submarines per policy. Well, it's really yes. funny because uh, uh, someone used to do uh, – you know, when they have that thing, you've got to make it, visualise it, and it was always uh, Olympic swimming pools. Yes. You know, now, right. it's, now it's submarines. Right. Now we've got to go to submarines. We've got to move on. We've got to move on to submarines. That's called modern, being modern. Oh, yeah. And add to all the, all the subsidies to companies, um, you know, all their friends uh, dissolving into the public purse. When the private company got bust, they come begging with their bowl to the government, give us some taxpayer money so we can survive, like one company is doing right at the moment. Yeah, boom, boom. Up north. Yeah. Um, we uh, should be thanking an anonymous tipster from Carnegie who gave us $100. Good on you. And then there's uh, Paul Rayner from Brunswick who's given us $20 to Yay. keep us on air. Good Thank on you. you. And Richard Tate, $20 from Seaford. Um, Michael uh, from Wednesday Breakfast. Who, yes, very sweet given of us him. 10. Oh, that's nice. Good on you. Thank you very much. We're at Solidarity Breakfast, we really appreciate this. We need you to give us a call on 94198377 and donate. Uh, we'd love to hear your voice. Give us a call, 94198377. We'll be coming. Uh, we'll be going and talking to uh, Humphrey soon because uh, we've going to. We've got ev- all the big guns out this morning to uh, encourage you in uh, our effort to get to our target. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to... Fill in the dots, you know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, fill in the... 3CR Community Radio, you got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 8.55am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers And let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. 
and we're back on air and uh, hopefully we've got oh no what's happened that's supposed to be Humphrey on the line that's supposed to be Humphrey on the line but hold on we'll find out what's going on a new illustrated book by Alina and Bruce MacDonald stars our beloved comrade Bill Della as the protagonist in a journey that stems from Ballarat to Humpty Doo and features all the lefty issues that were dear to Bill's big heart. 3CR has a few precious copies of this beautiful book for sale for $20 plus $5 postage. All proceeds will go to the Solidarity Breakfast Program's Radiothon Fund. You can buy it online at the 3CR shop. Go to the 3CR website... 3cr.org.au or pick up your copy at the station. You're listening to the Girls Radio Offensive on 3CR 855 AM or 3cr.org.au for another episode of Music Songs Frontiers. Welcome back to Burning Vinyl. You are on the Hipsters the Hop Show. Welcome to the Celtic Folk Show. Yes, once again, it's time for Come On, Come In here on 3CR. 3CR has been providing reasons to dance since 1976. Help us keep you dancing. Any amount you can afford makes a real difference. So please call 9... 9- 419 8377 or visit our website 3cr.org.au. Any donation over $2 is tax deductible. 3CR, 40 years of radical movement. Sorry, Humphrey, we got a bit interrupted there. Sorry, mate. We did indeed, but all for a good cause. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Disco music. Woo. Sorry. <laughs> good morning. How are you? Is good it cold up there? All. Good morning, all. Morning. Yeah, I've been thinking again, you know, I mean, as, to, as to what to say. And I was thinking, you know, it's 3CR, and C, of course, stands for community. That's right. And that's what we're doing this morning. The community is rallying and putting in funds. But the notion of community, of course, is something that we need to defend because in so many ways the commercialisation of everything runs in exactly the opposite direction. So that it's not just commercial radio, it's commercialisation of every aspect of life. And 3CR is one of the voices, one of the ways in which a sense of solidarity breakfast, but of solidarity and of social relations are promoted above the profit motive. And therefore, the donations that come in are really a way of expressing that sense of social solidarity. That's right. Yeah. Even listening to the radio as a community rather than sitting down, anatomised, Facebooking and looking at, you know, in your own little bubble, I think is maybe I wouldn't yeah. go as far as an act of resistance, but wow. it does resist, I think, the whole anatomization of society and just being this individual consumer of whether it's media products or anything else. Well, I mean, there was a time in which the word we used was broadcasting. Yes. And then 20 years ago, 30 years ago perhaps, this notion began to come in of narrow casting. Mm. So that what it we went on a diet, you reckon? Not, not broad anymore. <laughs> well, it is that, that, well, I mean, it's a fake notion of individual because what makes us individuals are our different social contacts. That's right. Um, and the range of those that actually enrich our individuality, whereas what our capitalist society promotes is a notion that in some way or other we are born with this golden thing which is our individuality, our personality. You hear you know, people say, oh, leave me alone so I can be myself. 
well, if you go back, none of us would be able to have this conversation had we been left alone when we were born. Mm. The only mm. way we become able to speak with each other is because we hear other people speak. Mm. And if you extend that uh, way of which we acquire basic language to the way in which we acquire and enrich our humanity, that is a communal activity. That is something that really comes from truly broadcasting. And that's why I think organising, and people say, oh, we'll organise online, we'll send people, you know, um, an email and they'll, they'll do things. Well, if, if you're already connected, I think that can be a way of getting in touch with people. Mm. But you've still got to stand around and talk with people. That's right. You know, I mean, even the way that children acquire language is actually by pointing at things and realising that they can make them come to them because their parents will go and get it for them and people around them. It's really your thoughts are an internalisation of that's society. Like, but that's like a cat, you know, the, what does the vet say? Cats don't have, um, you don't have cats, cats have servants. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, so that's, I think, you know, a key element to what to what 3CR is about. And, and if we look at a slightly narrow version of the kind of political consequences of it, uh, no matter what happens on the 2nd of July, we're going to have to struggle. Mm. You know? We'll have to I mean, thank you, Humphrey. That, <laughs> um, that we know. <laughs> we'll have to thank you for your uh, generous donation of $50. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so Humphrey me. McQueen from No Fixed Address. I don't have an address yet. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's the name of a band. <laughs> that's funny you should say No Fixed Address because I saw last night Motorkite Dreaming, which was a, it was a world premiere and it was a, it's a film about uh, people travelling over... Uh, 20 Aboriginal language groups in motorkites, which are like uh, light planes with uh, lawnmower uh, things on the back. And uh, Carol, who was one of the uh, Aboriginal uh, um, culture people who went on that journey, who is was from uh, no fix, uh, he, came, he was in uh, Wrong Side of the Road, that movie, which was uh, pretty important. Uh, he was talking about uh, how when he was going to the protocols was that uh, he's the younger and he has to go with someone who's older to, in order to be able to go and make uh, cultural connections to the group. And so he went with uh, Bart, who's older than him. And uh, so they have these conversations where you don't get direct uh, messages, but it goes through the older person who then takes it to the younger person. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, well, I mean, that is a real sense of pattern of how cultural communities uh, can and do operate. That's yes. right. You know, you know, I mean, we're talking about community. I mean, one of the things I think we do always have to do and remind ourselves is that while we're broadcasting or narrowcasting, we have to listen to what people are saying. That's well. right. Mm. You know, and, and not assume because they use a word that, you know, we might think is offensive. We've got to get behind it and say, well, what do you actually mean by that what are you thinking when you when, when when you use a phrase or a language which you know um or, uh, or an expression which we might think is being politically incorrect but if you ask people what it is they're concerned about and you actually hear them you get a com often a completely different view of what it is that they are uh, uh, upset about but if you don't listen if you don't you know have, have a real conversation with people um then you never get to that point. You just think, oh, you know, they've got some terrible opinion and therefore um, 
um, the only thing I can do is to tell them they're wrong. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, they may well be wrong in one sense, but what is that sense, and how do you actually get inside it? And mm. if you don't, if you haven't got the willingness and the capacity to listen to what people are saying. Um, so that's the other side of community. I mean, that, I think, is as much an important part of community um, as we've been talking about of broadcasting and of putting ideas out there. Yes, it's true engagement, isn't it, Humphrey? It's listening appropriately, and you don't always know what the person's thinking and then how that's connected to what they're saying. If you don't get the picture that they have in their mind, you can't engage as well um, as you otherwise. So it's, it's, it's conversation is it's quite a skill um, to tease out the points that, that um, you know, can come out of a conversation. As you say, that you may not agree with the other person, but we need to respect the other person's right to speak um, and be able to engage and debate an issue rather than killing each other. Well, you know, I mean... One of the things that my school teacher friends say is that one of the things that in a classroom, we, you know, any of us in a classroom or a classroom type situation have to avoid is that this, you know, how it's put is the right answer is in the teacher's head. Mm. So you ask the class something and they come up with all kinds of answers. But no, 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 that's not right. The right answer is the one I had in my head before yes. we started. <laughs> That's right. I had a, it reminds me, I had a conversation with someone who came up um, on the street when I was petitioning for refugees, and he said, um, I'm a Trump supporter. And I said... Good for you. And then I said something that I can't repeat on radio. And <laughs> then I said that I'm a socialist and I want all the Muslims to come here. And then he said something that I can't repeat on radio. But it was a nice, um, mostly friendly conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I mean, what I might have said to him, which might have shocked him a bit more. I said, well, yes, I'm a Trump supporter too, because I think that if Trump became president, what we would have is a situation in which the front man for US imperialism would give us an exact picture of what the system is like. My opinion too. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> we haven't Bring had the poison that. out, you reckon? Sorry. Um, since Obama, I mean, you know, for the eight years um, from 2000 and, you know, onwards to 2008, the, you know, the President of the United States gave, us, gave the rest of the world a pretty good picture of what US imperialism Correct. was actually up to. Yep. And then Obama comes along. And he's really elegant. And immediately they give him, you know... The Peace Prize. The peace prize. I know. And he can go off and become a war God. criminal. Oh, it's outrageous, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you say things to people like that, you know, you kind of take the point they put and then turn it around um, so that it comes up with the opposite answer to the one that they thought they're going to get. Hmm. You know, I mean, you get, you know, when you say to people about, you know, wars and, you know, whatever it might be, Anzac Day or something, and people will say to you, oh, yes, um, um, I'm a nationalist, but I'm not a patriot. And then you, then they'll say, or someone else will say, well, yes, I'm patriotic, but I'm not a nationalist. Mm. Oh, what do they mean? What do they mean? Say, what does it what mean? do you mean? Exactly. You okay. know, sometimes what they're saying is, you know, um, I'm a dickhead. Well, no, they're saying oh, Annie, I have that was naughty. about how I want Australia to be. Mm. Yeah, no, that's true. Their that's concept of what Australia is. No, that's is. completely true because they're, they're, you know, they're in for a penny, in for a pound as well. It's not like they're, they're well, 
why why would they we don't expect people to uh, arrive here and uh, be turned away why would people who are already here be expected to go away yeah well you know i mean so that what i'm saying i mean the, the you know the patriotism nationalism example is that when people are talking about this sometimes they'll say look uh, what i really mean is when when you talk to them is well um I want to protect the environment. Yep. And I don't want to send... Um, yeah, well, that's right. That's, a, that's an argument. Wars. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, and they use the language of patriotism and uh, nationalism in ways that, you know, sort of committed, you know, group-belonging socialists hmm. you know, simply don't do when, when we talk with each other. And, and the other thing... That it, people are saying what we're saying... Yeah, well, the uh, other thing we too, start, Humphrey... We're not going to get anywhere. The other thing too is, Humphrey, that um, if a person holds a view and then they're uh, talked down, they're not... That view isn't going to go away. Oh, it's worse. Yeah. Yes, it does. Well, you can Absolutely convince some worse. people, though. Well, that's I, right. A conversation has to be had. Can I just... Um, we've had some yeah. more donations. Yeah, um, we've had $20 from someone who identifies as old-timer. Oh, that's the yeah. only information I have on them. Um, and we've got $100 from um, Elaine uh, Brannigan. I hope I've pronounced your name from uh, Baronia. Oh, very fantastic. generous. Thank yeah, you. Very generous. Thank, Thank you, you very much. We, we have to let you go. We're, uh, Humphrey, yeah, thanks very much for things. talking to us. Indeed. More, more money. More, that's more what money. That's what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> no, that's Putting right. Money in to keep the community rolling. Thanks, thanks mate. You Thank, you. Thank you. Bye. And Humphrey's completely correct. We do need more money to keep the uh, station going and Solidarity Breakfast going. So 94198377. And on the issue of uh, the uh, America, I've got a really good clip about that. Uh, it's uh, a new piece and uh, it was from Vince Emanuel and it seems entirely appropriate after the terrible shooting in Orlando, the incomprehensible shooting in Orlando where in a nightclub where... 50 people were shot and uh, over 50 people... Uh, injured. Yeah, injured. Quite quite strange. But he does have something to say about uh, American attitudes regarding violence. The idea, the fear of the individual white person who is frightened for their own personal lives it seems to me to be the cornerstone of everything that is being allowed to happen in America. Would that be a fair statement? I would say it's one of the main pillars. It's one of the main uh, principles of the white supremacist culture. Sure. I don't know if it would be the cornerstone of of everything that happens, but I do because, you know, that unfortunately, and here's where we get even deeper, in my opinion. Unfortunately, if you look at the numbers of people among the African-American community and the Latino community, it's their views of American foreign policy are not drastically different than the white population's views of American yeah, foreign right. policy. Now, unfortunately, also, this is something that needs to be said because there's a lot of nuance. So do the, does the Black Lives Matter movement represent the quote-unquote black community? Well, who are we talking about? Mm. If you talk to middle-class and upper-middle-class black people, no, absolutely not. And in fact, if you talk to working class or even poor black people, it's split 55-45. And unfortunately, sometimes the polls are showing basically half. So half of the community believes 
that the police are overbearing and that they're causing too much violence and that they're indeed the source of this violence. And the other half of the black community actually wants more police on the streets. Well, why is that? Mm. Well, because there's just in Chicago last weekend, 45 people were shot, 12 of them killed. And not one of those people were shot or killed by the police. They were shot and killed by street gangs and drug cartels. So the thousands, people have to understand that there are tens of thousands, over 35,000 Americans will be killed this year because of violence, mm. gun violence. I, that, I think people need to whole understand town. That. That's a, the whole town that I grew up in. Right. And so even in a, so just in the city of Chicago, we will have over 1,000 deaths and well over 5,000 to 10,000 shootings just in the 2016. So, okay, what's that? Be, why is that? Okay, tons of poverty, tons of racial segregation, and then, of course, the, the war on drugs. So because of this, it, so now you put people in poverty. They have nowhere to work, nowhere to go. So what are you going to do? So now you make drugs illegal. And you make, the, you make the punishment for those drugs so severe that people's lives are either ruined or they spend the rest of their lives behind bars. And as I'm sure some of your listeners understand, the United States has 5% of the world's population, yet we have 25% of the world's prisoners. So largely due to this war on drugs. And who has been the biggest beneficiary of this? Okay, the prison industrial complex, some would say certain elements of the state apparatus and so on. But what this has also created is a situation where there is so much violence in some of these impoverished communities that half of the black community would want more police on the streets because they feel safer with the police than they do with drug cartels or with the gangbangers who are on the streets. So this is a real problem. Now, I, I will be very honest with you. I don't think that you're going to hear too many people on the left discuss this and I think the reason is because people have a really difficult time with some of those nuances. I mean, let's put it in another context. The same thing happened in Iraq. So there were Iraqis who actually wanted the U.S. to stay. Now, no one's saying that they are right because they're Iraqis. And, and so just because they're Iraqis, we have to, you know, uh, say, OK, well, I agree with them. You know, these are Iraqi people. They must know what's best. So the U.S. must stay. No, I think we have to just simply recognize that when people are in extremely traumatizing, in, insecure positions in society, something that I think people in the industrialized world take for granted, um, when those institutions fail, when there is no state apparatus, when there is no police force, when there is no judiciary, when there is no well, there's no social order, and and we've you seen know, it. We've seen it in Syria. I mean, Syria has been, was actually a very stable and thriving country, and within right. a very short period of time, it's been turned into rubble. That's part of what I think people need to understand when they think about the United States. I tried to really get this across to folks the last time I was in Australia, but what I've been really hammering home for people who don't spend much time in the United States is that this is a this is a collapsing empire. So people have to stop thinking about the United States as an industrialized developed nation. Large portions of the United States are living essentially in a third world status and the violence in the United States is off the charts as you understand and as I just mentioned. The amount of guns in the United States per person 
is about one per person. We have over 330 million weapons in the United States. They're the only countries where the per, per capita gun ratio is more, some would argue, Syria, and for sure we know Somalia. Those are the only two countries in the world where the per capita gun ownership is more than in the United States. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's just yeah. amazing, the, the sheer staggering number of uh, of uh, figures. Uh, now, of course, we're Radiothon time, and we're hoping that you'll give us a call on 94198377. If you have pledged, this is how you can pay. Are you wondering how you can pledge your support for a 3CR program during Radiothon? Well, you can call us on 9419 or visit our website 3cr.org.au. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. And thank you for being part of 3CR's Radiothon. G'day, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, Annie. How are you? Good. Thank you for being right beside the phone waiting for us on this cold, (laughs) cold morning. Well, I was sitting here working on the afternoon form guide, to be honest with you, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, there you are, and a cup of tea, which is uh, part of City Limits as well. That's so, right. All that. We hear yeah. you pouring it out. <laughs> That's right. Oh, well, you will. That's exactly right. Exactly right. right. It's lovely, lovely to have you live. Uh, it is. Like, I think it's right, because it's the, it beats the alternative. I, I, I should always find an interesting phrase. That someone's going to appear live, and you think, well, let's hope they don't, don't turn up dead, you know. Um, very nice, very nice. Um, of course, yeah. we're all here gathered together on this fine day to celebrate uh, 3CR's uh, Radiothon and uh, Solidarity Breakfast in particular, so 94198377. And I've got some good news. The phones will start running hot with big money very shortly because I looked up the honours list on Monday. Um, Did you I find my straight, name? <laughs> I went straight to Healy first and it wasn't there, so after I got, o- after I got over the bitter disappointment... <laughs> Um, uh, and I noticed none of you were there either. Which <laughs> oh, but, um, shucks. But, yeah, uh, but there was Roz Packer, um, one of the great people of this country. Oh, and there was a woman, um, another, and one of the high honours went to a woman, her surname was Horden Bayou. So again, mm. the, the, the big money of this country. Uh, they were honoured for contributions to welfare and charity. Oh, my God. Um, services to. It's always services to. Alan Stockdale got an honour for services to uh, privatisations in the Victorian <laughs> economy and making it good. And I thought, well... And having big eyebrows. The poor, we know the poor aren't too well off in this country. In fact, they're poor. But <laughs> where would they be if it wasn't for those people? Oh, that's right. I mean, God, it'd be even worse. They'd be on their bellies... Yeah. Uh, every minute of their day. Honoured for their services to eliminating poverty. So given they care about the poor, I suspect they'll be on the phones ringing us any second now <laughs> to give money to 3CR. That's right, I reckon so too. <laughs> um, but there's a chance they mightn't. 
<laughs> what a so shame. Just, just in case we have to fall back on the poor and the, the usual lot who support this station, and uh, it is so important to support it, of course, but there you are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the number is 94198377. So what, what's your bet for today? Well, I haven't got there yet because it's now a very wet track from rain overnight. I've got to reassess things, actually. I've got to go <laughs> off to the market, do some shopping and think about it. But look, the earlier, by the way, that $500 donation early in the program from the Thomas sisters, um, yeah, of course, they said to people. the two bills. And I think it's important to remember the two bills this morning, um, Bill Deller, obviously, in recent times. But also this slot, Bill Hartley did yes. this with a program par abion for so many years. Mm. And in fact... The week that was started on that 33 years ago next wow. August, the first Keating budget, and so the week that was remains the longest, in my opinion. You've got a fan club. It's the, the longest-running program on Melbourne radio that no-one's ever heard, which I think is amazing. <laughs> um, but that's the week that was better, but anyway... Uh, but also, just on a serious note, I might finish on this, because some of the points that... Um, that um, were made about community, etc. Um, the 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 rally two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was now, uh, the, the Saturday morning rally. I that I happened to see the telly because I was watching the footy in the afternoon. And they showed a promo for the news coming up at six o'clock, and I thought, I don't think I was at that rally. But it, there was nothing to do, nothing on the telly equated to where I'd been in the morning, um, and. And it all they showed was a few, what was apparently a few minutes of violence. And I think you've made the point, Lali, a couple of times on programs that the only way the, 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 the two forces could have got together was the coppers making sure they did. That's right. <laughs> um, That's right. And, and you know, I went off. And the other, point, the other point that hasn't come out in the news at all was that the station was taken over by the coppers and everyone getting off the train had to be searched. There were long <gasps> queues. They did. Uh, no matter where you were going, um, I had to empty. Uh, they took my backpack. I had to empty my pockets. Um, they told me this was a designated area, and I did say to the copper, "Isn't it terrible the way that uh, anti-racism is now a major social threat to this society?" <laughs> and he just gave me the usual filthy look. Um, but but that night, I mean, the speeches were absolutely wonderful. Mm. Uh, going home, by the way, again, they stopped the trains altogether and the trams, which was pretty good. But um, the, all the coverage was about uh, about what it, it may have been two or three minutes of violence, which yes. the coppers, I think, played a key role in. But there were wonderful speeches. There was the Islamic woman, there was an Afghan refugee, there were indigenous people, unionists, all, all, all saying quite wonderful things as we sat in the rain and listened to them. And yet... Not one word on any commercial outlet at all, radio or, or, or newspapers or television, not one. Mm. And the only place you're going to hear that sort of thing is on 3CR, where we mm. do report that sort of thing all the time. It's why we exist. And uh, that's why it's so critical for people to give money to 3CR, because we do have to keep going. Yes, absolutely. And all the right. Murdoch Press was one of the, obviously, the main 
antagonists in pushing that. So now now we'll let you off and uh, you can now indulge in your capitalist class activity (laughs) of betting on the races. I'll go to the market to do my usual shopping. I'll also somewhere in the course of that go to a bottle shop somewhere and (laughs) then come home and And sort all that out. Yeah, but but look, good luck with the program this morning. And people, I think another thing worth mentioning, because in the early days when I've been involved with radiothons for years and years and years, and in fact, I don't want to make this sound critical of YouTube, team, but it is. Um, <laughs> in, in the Bill Hartley days, I used to come in every, every radio on Saturday morning live again, live, not dead, um, because they provided chicken and champagne breakfast. Now, I'd, you know, come on. Come on, get, get, get real, you reckon? That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> no, we're, we're all on the um, no dead meat, uh, dead animal uh, train. Mm. Oh, you, don't, you can you can skip the chicken bit then. Just <laughs> just have food, <laughs> yeah, right. non-animal food. <laughs> exactly, but look, good luck, and you're doing a great job, team. So keep it up, yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Okay. Thank you. Have a good morning. What's that up there on the airwaves? Is it three AK? Is it the ABC? No, it's three CR. Faster than Schilberger. More relevant than Mike Willisey. Able to get more Ritz than Darren Hinch. Yes, 3CR. With music and interviews totally off the planet. With powers and abilities far greater than commercial radio. And who, disguised as a mild-mannered community radio station, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the non-commercial way. And that's why you should donate, 94198377. You can also go online. It's, a, it's, it's a 3cr.org.au and uh, forward slash donate. Uh, but ringing up is more fun, 94198377. It, uh, you actually get someone answering your back. It's all fun. Uh, later on, we're going to be talking to Dr. Noah Basil, who, of course, is also one of our regulars that's on right. Solidarity Breakfast. For many years. Yes, which has been a great, uh, we're a great partnership with these wonderful fellows who uh, also get up and, as Kevin said, are not dead. They are alive for you every Saturday morning to uh, chew on your Wheaties and uh, take a bit of politics in by uh, the airwaves, 3CR, specialty of 3CR, bringing you views, news that doesn't get out. I mean, the whole idea that uh, the mainstream media, Murdoch minions, as uh, Joe Toscano calls them, um, Murdoch's minions, are engineering, uh, structuring stories around uh, anti-racist... uh, rallies being the major threat as opposed to corporate interests, the corporate takeover of the entire country for the interests of the 1%. Talk about uh, uh, smoke and mirrors. Mm. And I know what's going on as well. I remember I got um, kicked out of the square in Occupy, that was a while ago, yeah. with a bunch of Herald Sun journalists um, who the police had um, mistaken or they didn't really care about and they chucked them and they get, you know, roughhouse them as well. Um, and we were That's just always like, fun, glorious fun when oh, they do this. And I, we were just like, this is not going to get in the papers. And they're like, no. No, that's no. right. And that's like when the uh, <laughs> up at the uh, Parliament House when uh, there was the um, another a rally against uh, the fascists and the police uh, foolishly, foolishly, I'll have to say, pepper sprayed one of the, uh, I think it was Channel 7 They reporters. keep doing that, actually. There's <laughs> 
They did that here too. They're obviously so confident that, you know, the Murdoch press will report whatever that they can just feel free to, you know, attack (laughs) journalists with chemical weapons. And one of the journalists actually, um, you know, said that, oh, the police did their job. Where do you go with with that sort of a relationship the media has with the police? And and we told I I was there and we were telling the the media people there's the hundred five hundred people on the other side who are having a peaceful march. Would you like to report that? Oh no, this is more important. Three minutes of two groups of youths releasing testosterone into the air was more important to them than five hundred people who are Moon residents expressing their view. Just unbelievable. Yeah, well, there you go. This is why 3 is important. Yeah, 94198377. Uh, I spoke to um, Owen Bennett, who's a, um, a part of uh, Unemployed Workers' Union, and uh, they, of course, also experience this same uh, fashioning of the story from the mainstream media. We need to defend ourselves accordingly. It's also about the larger discussion, isn't it? It's about this neoliberal approach and small government approach to running a government, uh, a country, running a country. Basically, it has been said, and your experience is proving, that the neoliberal experiment has failed. Well, it it depends from whose perspective you're talking about. If you're talking from a business perspective... Um, I think the neoliberal experiment has been a great success. Well, I mean, for the big end of town, I, I wonder if it's actually a great success for small business. Well, I think it has been. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at the at the actual effect of neoliberal policies. I mean, since the late 1980s when they first started coming in, um, trade union membership has pretty much bottomed out. It's, uh, it used to be about 65% in the middle of the 1970s. It's now 15%. So they've pretty much killed off any effective uh, trade union movement. That, that, that could arise. Now it's just sort of, you know, you have certain patches that have high union membership, but there's no real um, across-the-board, you know, solid, organised labour movement that, that can really um, mobilise itself politically. Uh, which is a massive victory for, for for business for the bosses. They can just sort of ride they can ride roughshod over workers and and expect very minimal uh, resistance. And that's basically what's happened with Centlink. That they they're in a position where they can do things like sack 800 workers at Centlink and not have any any um, real consequences. They can do things like uh, in this recent budget, which is that they're actually reducing the dole in this recent budget. Which is another thing I want to talk about. They they're reducing the dole by, I think. Five dollars a fortnight for all new applicants, and there's, and you know, once again, because there's no real active, organised labour movement that that can uh, organise itself politically, there's no there's no uh, resistance to this, and there's so many other examples like that where the government can just basically do what it wants and expect no resistance. Another example is the PATH program, where they're actually putting jobs under threat, and they're in that position where they can be so brazen and they can really just uh, have these really, you know, completely punitive programs and they, they can get away with them because uh, they haven't got that strong, confident, uh, organised labour movement that we once had when trade union membership was about 65%. And I'm not saying that uh, trade, union, trade unions haven't uh, opposed this past program because they have, but 
the power they have and the strength they have to actively resist it, I think has been diminished. And, and that's basically a result of this, this, these neoliberal policies that have, have gutted the trade union membership. And then you've got the other side of things, which is real wages. And ever since the 1980s or 1990s, real wages have steadily declined in real terms. And, I mean, the growth of real wages, I mean, has steadily declined in real terms. And it's gotten so bad these days that the growth of real wages is actually declining below inflation. So, yeah, I that's mean, right, it real is. Real wages are declining overall in real terms, not, not just the growth of real wages, but the whole, you know, the whole kit and caboodle is, is going under. So it's a, it's a massive issue, and this is benefiting business all the way. Talking about brazen... About a month ago, I think, the, uh, that uh, there was a breakfast show, one of the very popular breakfast shows called, I think it was Good Morning Australia. They had a whole thing about, based on the uh, figures that, that were put out by Centrelink regarding the, the government, the number of breaches, and it was a whole bash uh, the dull bludger uh, prog- um, program. Gee, isn't it incredible that uh, uh, one of the commercial stations can actually be using these figures to prove that all these people are actually wastrels on the public dollar, when in actual fact the story is that the government has failed the population of Australia in job creation and in fact have been massively uh, reducing uh, the uh, jobs for people in traditional areas of work. This was part of the cynical attempt by the government to make unemployed workers look look lazy and look like dull bludgers. You know, so they're basically doing whatever they can to make you know the glove fit the hand, which they've created. You know, the, this whole myth of the dull bludger. They, they, they want to justify that in any way they can, and the best way to do it is just by manipulating the figures. So. Like after those stories came out, which said that a quarter of all dull blood, a quarter of all unemployed workers are, are dull bludgers, and they're refusing to attend their job interviews. I actually, I mean, the unemployed workers union, we contacted the Department of Employment and said, you know, where are the figures for this? I mean, you haven't released any figures with this media release. You're just basically saying off, off top of your head. And then after a couple of days, they they finally got around to sending us the statistics we were based on, and actually. What the statistics said was that it was job agency appointments that were being missed, not job interviews. So they were just acting as if um, job agency appointments, which are a complete waste of time, are the same thing as job interviews, and they were presenting it like that. So it was, it's quite shocking that they can get away with this these days, you know, with, with all the the news media watchdogs and things like that, and they can just blatantly lie. Yeah, as Owen said, they blatantly lie. You're on Solidarity Breakfast with me, Annie, Lalitha, Kim. We're all here. We're all waiting for you to give us a call on 94198377 to donate to the Radiothon to keep Solidarity Breakfast going. And uh, in memory of Bill Hartley, Pia Vion, and, uh, and fi- Bill Della, and Bill Della, and the future of uh, civilization as we would like to see it. <laughs> uh, we haven't buried that yet, have we? <laughs> no, that's exactly right. But uh, you wanted to ask uh, Lalitha about uh, her um, 
dash for fame in the next election. <laughs> yes, I'm standing for the Senate in Victoria for the Socialist Alliance Party. Right. I thought you're you're already famous, Lisa. Am I? I'm, I'm not sure. You're I'm, on three CR. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. Yeah, but um, what position are you running for? You're running for the Senate, and where's your? I'm the lead candidate for the Senate ticket. I'm standing with Tim Gooden, who's the Secretary of um, Trade. Oh, he's from Geelong. Geelong. Yes, Great I'm from Geelong. I do Oh, there you mm. go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons we, we are standing is, is um, to offer people an alternative because a lot of people are really disenchanted with the main parties and that you can see around the world in, in, in the US and even, even in Europe and <clears throat> in um, the UK. People are just disengaged from politics. I mean, look at this two-month long Campaign, it's dead as a doornail, you know. And I'm trying it's to work excitement. out how they do it. There's no one you can vote for principally. I was planning on uh, drawing <clears throat> a penis on the ballot box, so I'm don't waste it, don't waste <laughs> it. <laughs> because you know, the, 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 the thing is, they depend on things like that. And at the moment, the Greens are also um, presenting as a, a third force, and they have for some time, um, but they also believe in the same uh, system as the, the two major parties do, for example, like the Greens have. Um, in their policy, a 30-day de- detention for all my uh, refugees. Um, also, I have issues with um, the fact that they think they can solve the problems of climate change through market forces. Mm. So the two main differences we have with the Greens. But otherwise, we, we agree with some of the policies. They have like refugee policies other than the detention. We have similar um, policies with them. Um, but I think the the uh, the key thing for me is uh, being someone who's led a, a strike in the in in 1986 with the nurse strike. For me, the key thing is this is a referendum on the ABCC, which is gunning for the CFME, which is the most <clears throat> you know um, I guess defender of workers' rights at the moment, and they're being vilified and demonized. Uh, by the press and everybody else who can get a um, you know handle on it, but the Liberal Party and even the Labour Party uh, they're not going to support the unions. And in the UN, there's this statement I always remember is that where trade unions are weak, human rights will be weak. And we see that happening in Australia in the 60s, 70s, where the trade unions were very strong. Human rights records are really good. I mean, in 75, when Hawke brought in refugees from Vietnam after the Vietnam War, there were sort of other reasons for it as well, of course. But that human rights um, style, you know, it doesn't mm. exist anymore. That's like, funny. you know, the MUA doing things like banning, you know, the wire fences and so on that they were um, wanting to load and send to Vietnam and things yep. like that. That's right. Um, That's funny, you South know, because that was my, well. ve- my very first interview for radio was on that particular issue about the boats coming from Vietnam and there was this huge backlash, uh, the same black backlash that's happening right now, mm. uh, the uncomfortable feeling that we're being taken over by the yellow peril. Oh, that's appalling racism. I mean, there the are two reasons that I feel strongly about. One is the, the, trade un- the, the, the smashing of the trade unions. In other words, they're smashing our freedom of association, our right to organise, and it's fundamental human rights. Searching people coming, coming off trains, trains in order to, to go to a demonstration against anti-racism. Yes. And the other reason that, that worries me is um, climate change. Um, one of the figures released this this week from Melbourne Uni, David Spratt, um, wrote this this book with the in conjunction with the university and a couple of other professors, is that if if you don't do something urgently, 
super urgently. Yeah, that's right. And even 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 the Paris conference gives you till twenty thirty. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Now, if you look at the the parts per uh, million of carbon emissions, it ha- it has been inconsistent inconsistently above four hundred. And and the researchers are worried because if it goes up to four hundred and stays there, you can't reverse it. No, I know it's we'll just ridiculous. Singe. We'll singe to death. It's just mm. ridiculous. I mean, it, it's real. people should be people should have been at action stations in the nineteen seventies. Yes, people were having conversations. They'd done the, the figures in the late seventies. But they everybody just that. didn't want to be told. Yeah. There's a movie called Ice and Sky. You might know that, um, Annie. It was done by a scientist who did um, core mining. He, yeah, that's he, right. He took out the core of the ice that's right. underneath. I think he went to Siberia and he did that. Yeah. And he could work out the amount of oxygen and carbon emissions from the layers of ice from millions of years ago. And he could measure the very accurately at what year, mm. how much were the carbon emissions. And time and time and time again, he's, he's he written said, and he's... Come on, come on, yes. guys. And there's a, like almost a 90-degree rise in carbon emissions in this industrial yeah. age. You know what we're doing? We're proving that humans can die of culture, their own own ludicrous... Uh, uh, addiction practices, to, uh, yes. Pra- practices. Yes, that's yeah, true. It's not Absolutely an true. experiment that I really want to <laughs> <laughs> be involved in. Oh, Kim, how silly of you! So what has happened? You, what happened to you? You're just not joining. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what the capitalists are thinking right now. Yes. It'll be great. There'll be forts. There'll be you know. It'll be like Mad Max. Won't it be fun? Um, <laughs> We've had a donation of fifty dollars um, from Ray Bennett from Kensington. Um, oh, good on you, Ray. Wonderful. And thank you. They're going to come into the station. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. So that's wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. yeah, but just finishing off um, why I'm standing is people are disenchanted, disengaged. Worried. Um, mainly because they are not involved in the decision-making process. Nobody asks them. In between elections, you don't see any of these politicians. And that, that includes the Greens, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say. Well, it's funny yeah. you should say that because you, you brought up the, uh, the Mexican standoff at the uh, uh, Melbourne C- uh, uh, City Square when they turfed people from the police, aggressively turfed people off uh, City Square for the, um, you know... Anti-corporate, yeah. Yeah, thing. Uh, I was standing there on the side observing and uh, there, were these two, uh, there were these three young tradies walking past saying, what do these people want? Don't they know that they can um, vote every four years? It's all under control. And I was like, yeah, oh, under God. too much control. You don't hear control. many tradies saying that. Well, I actually yeah. heard them say it and I thought, oh, that's unusual. You get the backward elements in some sectors, mm. but generally they're pretty good. No, no, but all I'm saying is that, no, it wasn't so much that they were tradies. It was more that they believed they were of a particular age group uh, that believed that it was voting was all that was necessary to be part of a democracy. Yes. And that's part of uh, the They're conditioned to believe it. That's mm. a problem. And this is where 3CR comes in. Actually, democracy isn't a spectator sport. It's something that people need to be involved in. Absolutely. To, to create a better future. It's quite clear you can't leave it in the hands of uh, people who are... Um, Beholden to uh, big business and lobbyists, nine four one nine eight three seven seven, and uh, we'll. Uh, Can I you're... do a quick commercial before you? Yeah, you yeah, do go that? for it. One, there's a refugee rally yeah, at today. one o'clock today, so please turn up. Really, really important. And there's another rally Where's next. Where's it at? Uh, is it at State Library? Yeah. The usual meeting place. Um, and there's another vigil, and uh, no, actually another rally next Saturday um, on uh, what do you call it? Love. Equal love. Uh, oh, equal, equal love. love. 
Yes. My brain froze there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you equal love. It's that, all about this is, love. This is about Orlando and 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 this this demonizing of of the LGBTIQ uh, community. So, two really important rallies. People should turn up. And one more commercial for myself. Those yeah. who wish to vote for me, look for the Z box above the line on the Senate ticket. Thank you for talking yes, to me. Yes, because I have no idea. I'm really confused now by the changes to the vote. Yeah, you, what, what you do is you vote for six people, six parties or six groups above the line. Okay. Or you can if, go through the individuals. And if you vote for less than six, it becomes invalid. So you have to put a minimum of six numbers, one to mm. six. It's, it's very similar to the way the... Other the down. lower house thing, yeah. and if you want to be, do below the line, there are a million candidates. Yes. I did that last year, and I <sighs> and it was the most demoralising thing I've ever done. Yes. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was quite it was shocking. I actually did it too, and uh, it was so shocking because it, the balance between far right and uh, respectable views, as far as I'm concerned, the balance had there was a really lot of far right attitudes parties, and there was a much smaller amount of thirty seven parties standing. Yeah, but so human people who had reasonable humanist uh, conceptions of reality was uh, it w- would have been something like uh, two thirds not respectable and a third respectable, or you know, Z box guys and six numbers is yeah, what no, I need. If you want to ring in the in the last ten minutes on nine four one nine eight three seven seven, you can if you donate forty dollars, you can get the Bill Della book which uh, is uh, a wonderful contribution from yes, uh, it's Bill, very nice. Bill Dallas fans, but uh, it's a wonderful book. A new illustrated book by Alina and Bruce MacDonald stars our beloved comrade Bill Della as the protagonist in a journey that stems from Ballarat to Humpty Doo and features all the lefty issues that were dear to Bill's big heart. 3CR has a few precious copies of this beautiful book for sale for $20, plus $5 postage. All proceeds will go to the Solidarity Breakfast Program's Radiothon Fund. You can buy it online at the 3CR shop. Go to the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or pick up your copy at the station. And we're back. And I'm um, sorry, we can't get on to Noah. He di- he was. I'm sure he's there waiting, but he's, there's something wrong with his phone. I have to say, modern technology doesn't always work. This is why. But you I need to. I don't think phones are modern technology. Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Should well, we mobile phones? Oh, yeah, yeah. Be yeah. specific, Annie. Get the yeah. age right. Well, no, no, it's true. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Um, when whenever you know everyone thinks that everybody's available because of uh, mobile phones, but of course, if you turn them off or you actually got something better to do, like you're living. You can yes. actually miss all these really important calls. You oh, know? God. You can't go to the toilet this day without the bloody phone ringing Yeah, sometimes. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our last 10 minutes. We're going to spruik outrageously for you to give us a call on 94198377. Donate now. Remember that uh, 3CR has been going for 40 years. It gives a voice to uh, the Aboriginal Temp Embassy. It was here, there at the Franklin River Dam protest. It was there at the 1988 1998 waterfront dispute. In fact, you, Kim, have got a personal connection to the waterfront dispute. Yeah, my um, my dad's a wharfie mm. um, and in the MUA, um, and he was involved in that dispute. Um, and I remember him taking me down there as a little kid. I think I managed a to... 
Yeah, I managed to get on the television looking really, really grumpy. That's probably why I got on the television. I feel a bit bad now. Um, but I was just a little bit bored. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> they were making history, man. Mm. Making history, yeah. yeah. But um, no, that was my first, I suppose, might not be in my first demonstration, but my first real memory of um, the struggle. And uh, what, what part did 3CR play in your memory of that dispute? I remember that on what was called The Long Night... Um, which was when the police sort of emptied all the um, oh, the watch houses, which are usually full because they were going to um, fill them full of unionists and um, lefties, uh, that uh, what happened was that the 3CR actually organised a phone tree um, and they broadcast everyone to come down um, and to defend the picket line. Um, and that night uh, was actually successful. They managed to hold off the whole night until I think it was eight in the morning when mm. the cavalry turned up, yes. the CFMU, um, and the cops had to uh, actually Stand ask. Down. Well, they had to ask the CFMU, would they please part so that we can leave? And they didn't make it easy for them. Oh, fantastic. What a story. It's my dad's favourite story. It's the best story. <laughs> <laughs> Those stories of victories and, and positive action, it's just amazing. It's very inspiring when you, you know, when you see people act as a group in the best way possible, it just brings you um, sheer joy, you know, watching them and seeing them so solidly united. And that's what is important in democracy, and not pe- parliament. Exactly. And people seeing that they have power, that the police yes. have to actually ask for permission from them. Yeah. You know, it's their workplace. You know, that's so right. they're the ones who run society. That's why workers know. should run the factories, I reckon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting you should say that because uh, that's one of the issues that does turn up on Solidarity Breakfast is that there are alternatives. Yes, yeah, in Spain, there's a whole town that uh, does that, and it's um, I can't I can never remember the name, but it's a town that started it, a church started the town where there was unemployment, so they said let's build our own factories, make our own industries, and they started to build industries that are all run by workers, and if um, the business is running very well, they'll sack the manager. And appoint another manager. And in that town now, they've got four universities. People from all over the world go to the university to learn about workers' management of industries where the community benefits and all the money that is made is put back into the community. And that's how they've grown so immensely to be able to afford to build four universities. That's fantastic. In the Catalan side part yeah. of um, Spain. And, and, the thing, and the thing about it is, is it's not it's not utopian. It's no, it's not. not like they don't have fights. It's not like no. they don't have to resolve issues. But it's about actually actively coming up with methodologies which allow people to actually uh, deal with uh, resentments. In deal the, with. They have it in the US as well. It's all the cooperatives. We have it here. Earth workers are cooperative. But America has got a long history of cooperatives in, in different states where people act as a community to support each other. And they have like almost a barter mm. system in, in some cases. In other cases, they sell goods um, you know, to the community. But the profit goes back into the community, not to some rich man's pockets. Yeah, I think it's so clear. It's like obviously there would be disagreements about exactly how you tackle climate change. But under like socialism people would actually be working to fix the problem rather than trying to undermine it so exactly. they can keep you know fossil fuel making profits out of fossil fuels and all the rest of well, it but you know the new outrage of course well it's not that new is that uh you have to have climate um uh, disasters so that you can make money out of it yes 
Yes, if you use the market mechanism to solve problems, your focus changes because the market mechanism focuses on profits, but a community mechanism focuses on the well-being of the community. That's right. Profit is secondary. Also, or you know, you don't have even if you break even, if it brings benefit of the community, then it's a viable. That's a profit. Yeah, and turning pollution into a commodity, which I think is basically the Greens mm. policy, is. Ludicrous, because that's not how the environment works. You can't turn it into a thing. It's an ecosystem. Um, No, that's that's so fascinating. Going back to that movie I saw last night, Motorclight Dreaming, and what Carol was saying, the Aboriginal man, he he was saying that our job, our job as in Aboriginal people, Indigenous Australians, is to get you guys to realise that you have a connection to the earth. Yes. And there's only a small amount of us, so we want your help. You yep. guys have to actually do the job. That is potent. Yeah. And we've just had someone who has won uh, the Bill Della Book Prize. Um, Bob Brooks from uh, Yarra Junction has donated $40. Uh, Yay! So, oh, Bob, oh. you have to come in and pick up your book. Yeah, good Again. on you. Great stuff. Good on you. Yeah. It's, um, it's so important that people are involved yeah. and demand their right to participate in the decision-making process. Yeah. The community is so important. That's why we at 3CR feel that this radio station provides the community with, with news that um, about uh, activities that happen in the community. Yeah. Nobody else talks about it. Yeah, we've got a picket lines. We've got all different activities, whether it's the um, homeless occupying Bendigo Street or whether it's uh, a trade union um, activity or a community activity, we are in the thick of it and we report it. And that involvement, the empowerment is really good. Yeah. We've had another prize winner. Yeah, cool. Uh, Cheng Ling from Brunswick has uh, donated $40 and we'll also have to come in and pick up her book. Good on you. Yeah, Thank you very Malaysia. much. And it's a great book. It's a Not only is it a wonderful uh, expression of love and love for Bill's uh, dynamic character, the production of it itself is startlingly good. These uh, artists are, um, should be congratulated. They're, they're, they're just co- totally creative beings and it's an ex- example of how art, uh, work and... Uh, a community action combined. It's just wonderful. The, the the two people who produce the book are long-term friends of Bill Della and they are long-term supporters of Solidarity Breakfast too. I forgot their name. Oh, I'm good. not feeling right. A new illustrated book by Alina and Bruce MacDonald stars our beloved comrade Bill Della as the protagonist in a journey that stems from Ballarat to Humpty Doo and features all the lefty issues that were dear to Bill's big heart. 3CR has a few precious copies of this beautiful book for sale for $20 plus $5 postage. All proceeds will go to the Solidarity Breakfast Program's Radiothon Fund. You can buy it online at the 3CR shop. Go to the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or pick up your copy at the station. reason why we had to have a program on 3CR was because of the failure uh, of other radio stations, so-called independent radio stations, which were not letting us have our say. It's up to you to keep independent voices on air. Donate now to 3CR's 40th birthday, Radical Radiothon. 3CR was giving us the opportunity.
You've just been listening to a podcast produced at 3CR Community Radio. 2016 marks 40 years that 3CR has been bringing you independent community voices, and we're asking you, our listeners, to keep us going for another 40 years by donating to our Radical Radiothon this June 6 to 19. This year we need to make $220,000, so any amount you can afford makes a big difference. Call us on 039419 or visit us online at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for supporting Community Radio.